Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we have a subject that has been pretty popular uh, of late, and sadly, it's been popular. This is not a subject we want to be popular, but it really is something that is happening a lot, and probably because of the internet, social media, we are seeing more of it, and we're experiencing a little bit more. And so the topic is people who are falling away, people who are, they've been maybe a pillar in the faith community, and they're basically saying, I'm out. And we've seen things like this. Um, we've seen some different people. Joshua Harris is probably one of the more popular ones of recent times. Uh, Marty Sampson um, is another one we're going to talk about, uh, some of the things he's said. Uh, an article came out recently. John Cooper um, from Skillet did a great job kind of breaking this down. I think every human I have uh, I know on any social media platform has shared that article. <laughs> That's a good article. Probably, he probably has more of that article out than his songs That's that he's true. been doing That's for 20 popular, years, you know. Yeah. Um, or 30 years, or how long he's been doing music. But it is an interesting topic because you think, and as we've discussed this just a little bit, you think that there's a reason that this is happening. But also, this is not nothing new. This is nothing new. So give us some insight as to why you think, well, what's the deal? Yeah, well, I, and the thing we're talking about here are high-profile, quote-unquote, Christians, pastors, who are now saying, one, I, I never was a believer to begin with. It was hypocritical and uh, put on a facade. Uh, or you have guys who, um, like the Hillsong writer, Marty Sampson, who renounced his Christian faith and basically said, I don't know if I believe what I believe. Now, he's actually since come out and said, I, I'm not c- completely renouncing the faith. Right. It's a partial renouncement. It's a part- what part is he renouncing? That's I, my <laughs> Yeah, how much parts do you have to renounce to be uh, a pagan, you know, or lost? Okay, but but here's the reality. Here, here's why I want to talk about this, because this is nothing new. Okay, this is not. And I think people read this today in our day and age. They see it on the internet. You start to get nervous as Christians. Oh man, this guy's falling away. That guy's falling away. Guys always fell away. Okay, even in the book of Second Timothy. Paul talks about uh, Hermeneus and Phagellus, right? He talks about Alexander the coppersmith in 1 Timothy 1, about how these men turn from the faith, shipwreck their faith. They are enemies of the gospel. They were once with us, but now they turn from us. I think the greatest example of that in the Bible is 2 Timothy, when Paul talks in chapter 4 about Demas. Demas's name has haunted me for years, just thinking about a man who once was following Paul, went on missionary journeys, followed and you know, preached the gospel, shared the faith. And then at the end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul gives these sobering words about Demas. Uh, li- listen to what he says. I want to I read it to you because he says, make every effort to come to me soon because Demas has deserted me since he has fallen in love with this present world. Now, here's what I think is happening here. So what's happening with guys like Joshua Harris? Joshua Harris wrote a book called uh, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Right, and he wrote several since that. Yeah, I think his new book is I Kiss the Church Goodbye. No, he's... it's No, that was a that may be one that's you, coming you, out. That was <laughs> no, that's too soon. Sorry, that's a joke. That was, I should have said that, that was insensitive. That was too, yeah. Um, no, he wrote one called Stop Dating the Church that's that right, I thought was a right. huge win. That was it. All of the books. There. I was like, this is a great book. So 
Um, just like a lot of these guys who either have fallen and maybe not left the faith, but they've fallen. It's not like God hasn't used them for something. We know that we know that we can uh, we can look at some things and say, wow, this is still helpful. But it, it that is kind of what he was known for back in the day. You know, just don't date. Uh, just just kind of hang out together in groups and then yeah. yeah okay so here's what okay obviously this podcast is called making disciples and so we try to uh and for us uh you know every lens we look through has has to do with we've got the discipleship glasses <laughs> we're on. looking through we discipleship lenses right we Everything. don't want to take them off why would we that's I mean, what we're doing why would here. you not make jesus's final command our first commission I mean, yeah i mean come on some okay. some people would say that's a good idea that's a good idea okay but here's the thing so here here's what i think happened and i don't know these guys personally personally obviously but i will say this could it be that the lack of discipleship in their own life now i don't know them personally but i would ask them do you have marty sampson from hillsong do you have a mentor who has walked with you through the faith, explained the things of God, help you grow and mature in your, into the image of Christ, I would go out on a limb and say, probably not. Now, he would probably say, yeah, I have a pastor. We all have pastors, and I'm a pastor, and if you're listening, you're a pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. Do you have a guy who intentionally and systematically came alongside and discipled you? See, here's the difference between, I think, and I was reading this recently, I don't, I don't know where I read this, but... The difference between today's modern view of discipleship and Jesus's modern view of discipleship is this. We think discipleship is come to a building, sit in a seat, and face me directly. Okay, now think about this. Get this picture in your mind. So the audience is facing me directly. They're sitting passively. Their back is to the world. And they're listening to a man tell them what to do and what's right, what's not right. Nothing's wrong with that, but just follow me for a moment. That's not what Jesus envisioned for discipleship. In fact, watch this. When Jesus called a man to follow him, Jesus said, come follow me. And they looked at not his face, but his back. Hmm. <laughs> that is a very Think different approach. They yeah. followed him as yeah. he led the way. So there was no stopping and talking face-to-face. -face. Let's think theologically, systematically about how to parse certain Greek words and how to uh, talk about the finer tenets of soteriology. and All the things are good. Jesus said, you want to follow me? Let's walk, boys. Let's go do something. Let's, let's go impact the world. So I think one of the things we, we, we've, we've bought into, and, and this is not a bad thing, but the reality is I think we have taken – the tenets of the Reformation, salvation by grace alone, which is all true, and we have stopped there with a period. So what we've done is, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said so uh, pointedly in his great book in 1937, which was a manual for ministers back then, The Cost of Discipleship. Dylan, have you read The Cost of Discipleship? I have. It's been a few years, but I've Ooh, read it. Okay. That was a good... <laughs> you can't be a part of Replicate. I mean, that's like required reading 101. Well, you know? speaking of which, just as a, a brief interlude here, okay. we have a, a new director of Replicate. I've served as the director of Replicate for the last four years, the second to hold that position in the history of the organization, and now we are excited to announce Dylan Young as the new executive director of Replicate Ministries. That's right. Our in-studio audience, which yes. is just us three, right. is really excited about that this Everybody's morning. Everybody's excited in this room. And so, and, and so as a result, we've turned on a microphone for Dylan. Wow. <laughs> My voice is he finally no clear. Longer has to be, he no longer has to be a disassociated voice in the background. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, he's here. So if we, 
if we have any input needed, he's ready to roll. And he's we jokingly he's called from, him the fact checker. Yeah, I was just saying, move from the fact past checker to direction. to running the whole show. Golly. So that's not I'm, my full potential. <laughs> what, is, what a great discipleship example, though. And and one of the really cool things his first his first step in this role is to mix this podcast. So if it yep. sounds bad. Please email yeah. Dylan. Dot, yeah, I'm just no. don't, don't do that. Don't do well, that. okay, back to what I was saying. So Bonhoeffer says, and I read this quote, and then we'll take a, a quick break. But Bonhoeffer said in this manual, he said, the problem with salvation by grace alone, not that there's a problem with it, but just follow me, is that most people have abused that as a cliche for laziness. And what he says is cheap grace means justification of sin, but not justification of the sinner. The church, it's a church that teaches the doctrine of grace, thereby conferring grace upon itself. The world finds in this church a deep, cheap cover-up for its sins. So basically what he's saying is people use that justification by grace alone, salvation by grace alone, as a license for laziness. Hey, man, don't tell... Don't tell me I'm not a, a, a Christian. I know I don't go to church. I know I, I cheat on my wife. I know I smoke. I know I chew. I, I know I hang with girls who do. I mean, that's the kind. Is this a, the, was that a country song you were just I, singing? I mean, it could have been. I mean, we're in Nashville, so it could be. But the reality is, you know, I hadn't been to church in a while. I have no desire for the Lord. I have yeah. no desire for understanding the gospel. And so here's the thing. We tell people, either vocally or, uh, or, or silently with our actions, Christians go to heaven regardless of their life or conduct, but non, watch this, non-Christians will go to hell forever, even if they live a better life than us and contribute to society better than we do. Now, now think about that for a moment. We're going to need to unpack that right after this short break. Do you need a reset in your church? What if you could just press a button and relaunch your church? reconfigure the way your church works. One of the things we put together is the Disciple Making Jumpstart. The Disciple Making Jumpstart is designed to help you relaunch, rethink, and reconfigure how your church operates. Uh, It's a great opportunity for you to look into some training, uh, some resources, and then one of the things I'm most excited about with the Jumpstart is the 30-Day Healthy Church Challenge. It's a 30-day process where you will receive a video at the front of each week Uh, Pastor Robbie will walk you through the direction where you're headed and then a day-by-day email that will help you create your own personalized playbook customized for your ministry. And then from that, launch into the next 60 days for a total of a 90-day turnaround or reset for your church. It's at disciplemakingjumpstart.com if you want more information or if you just want to pick it up at disciplemakingjumpstart.com. And we're back. We have... uh, been talking about something really critical for the church and and something that currently we're hearing a lot about. And as you've stated, Pastor, plenty of people have, have stepped out of the faith, have walked away. Um, and, and the thing that is specific to it that we're kind of honing in on because it's a disciple-making podcast is perhaps a lack of discipleship has led these individuals to where they are. Um, I'm listening to another, being a podcast individual, I listen to podcasts all the time, and one that I'm listening to that I really enjoy is called Con Artists. And one of the things I've found as I'm listening to is I think about pastors and ministers. And I think every <laughs> single one of us... You're listening to con a Con Artists artist podcast. Right. Let me We're elaborate. About Let me elaborate. Okay. No, it's C- not continue. about pastors. Continue. But I'm thinking about us as believers and as pastors. We are normal people with the same temptations 
the same propensity to sin, the same mistakes that everybody else makes. But because of our position, people often put us in a role and say, okay, they're better or higher up or they get it more or whatever. And I think when we think of these individuals, like the names we mentioned earlier, all these people, probably at some point they've looked in and said, I am not the individual that everyone thinks I am. And so a response to that, uh, how we respond to that is so critical. And that's why I think what you're saying about discipleship is so important. If we don't have people around us helping us, people that we can confide in, people that we can tell the truth to, people that we can be transparent to, we begin to live this life that's hidden. And, and that type of lifestyle, I think, is what leads to this eventually happening. After a period of that happening for so long, it, again, a terrible uh, reference maybe, but we, it's like you're a con artist. You're, you're fooling people because you want to keep up the facade that you are who they think you are. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I've heard this, and you probably heard this. It's a great preaching illustration. But the Christian life, the Christian person is like a tube of toothpaste. And uh, you can look at the package. You can put whatever you want on the packaging. But as soon as you squeeze the tube, what's on the inside comes out. Uh, Christians are like that. You can put on a facade, but when struggles come and trials come and temptation comes, the, the, the essence of who you are is going to exude uh, out. And I think, I, I think John Cooper here gives a great uh, response to this, at least on your skillet. And I think his concern is, is that we as a generation now are looking online for truth. We're looking online for role models. We're looking online for people to follow, and, and we should have role models. Paul says that consistently. Follow me as I follow Christ. Godly role models, Hebrews 13. Uh, follow your leaders. I, I, I get that. But what he's saying is let us stop making 20 to 25-year-old Christian worship leader, singers, or thought leaders in the church are idols when, let's be honest, what did we know at 20? Hmm. Better question, what do I know now? That, yeah. who, who <laughs> at am I 46, to, what do I know? Yeah, who am I to act like yeah, we know everything <laughs> even today? But I will tell you this. This is, a, this is a great warning today for all of us, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm preaching through the book of James at our church and uh, just got to the passage where James really hones in on what it means to follow Christ and grow and and really to guard the tongue. And here's what he said. Every person should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the human anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Now, I've always thought he was just challenging us to tame the tongue and, hey, don't speak so much, listen more, and be a good listener. I've even, I hate to admit it, wrongly preached this passage that way years ago. And I would say, hey, some of you have two ears. You know, we all have two ears, some of you. All of us have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> so you should listen twice. Okay, that's not what James is saying here. Okay? What James is saying when he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. The context of this passage, and the reason I know this is four different times he uses this idea of the word. Verse 18 in James 1, the word. 22, the word, the implanted word. 25, the word. He's talking about the word. So here's what he's saying. We need to be quick to hear the word. So every, boy, this is a great discipleship insight for us. Listen, we need to challenge our people. Be quick to show up for Uh, worship services to hear the word preached. Be quick to get in a life group to hear the word taught. Be quick to be in a D group to challenge each other to read the word. Be quick to your quiet time. What he's saying is take every opportunity you have to be a student of the word. How is that so, why is that so good? Here's why. To be a disciple is to be a learner. And to be a learner is to be a student of the word. But the second thing is where I want to hone in on. He says be quick to hear, slow to speak. 
Now, what he's talking about here is this. Slow to speak your opinion. We have a lot of people in the world, including me. I mean, I'm still battling and, and, and dealing with this in my own life, my own sanctification. And, and that is I, I sometimes are quick to speak and I don't think and process before I speak. And there's a lot of people like that. We have a lot of people who think, man, if I just had a platform, if I could just speak, people would listen to me. Well, maybe. But you should have a holy reverence when it comes to the sacred scriptures. You should have a holy uh, uncomfortability when it comes to preaching the word of God. People ask me all the time, do you get, do you get nervous preaching? People ask me that. You've ever been asked that before, Dylan? You ever get nervous? People ask you that. Chris, they ask you that. And I think what they're asking is, do you get nervous with the act of speaking publicly? That's what they're asking. Now, for me... I've, I mean, I've done this now for 15 years. I've been doing magic since I was 16. I think the Lord used magic. And for the oh, for those who are now, illusions. When we, when we say magic, oh, what sorry, we're saying sorry. is card tricks. Yeah, we don't want email. So disappearing card coins. tricks, illusions. Yeah. Yes, let's clarify. We don't want. I emails. believe the term is uh, illusionist. Illusionist. No, that that sounds bad. No, not too. illusionist. Okay. It, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What Which is interesting is. because so here I was 16, learned how to do card tricks, illusions. And I think the Lord prepared me for public speaking. So by God's grace, I don't get nervous with the presentation part. But when it comes to the task of preaching and the weight of, of understanding what we're doing as ambassadors for Christ, as a mouthpiece for God, you start to get a sense of what Malachi says, the burden of preaching. So every week, if you're a preacher and teacher of the word, listen, every week when you come to the pulpit, every week when you stand on that platform, you need to be, you you need to have this holy reluctance, okay? You need to have this holy reverence for the sacred text. If you don't, I would question what you're doing. And I I think that even translates to worship leaders. You know, we're talking about... Uh, and some of what we're talking about with John and John Cooper and, and Marty Sampson is, you know, these guys are leading thousands, if not millions, depending on reach and songwriting and all that stuff. And and again, kind of looking in, we're going, who am I to do this? And yeah. I think you're right. If they're not approaching that with that humility, if they're not approaching that with that reverence, it can lead to just having a mindset of um, who am I to do this? And am I, is this even again, am I legit? Am, well, let me tell you am something. I what people think. Okay, here's the sobering reminder for all of us, because I think this should cause us to pause and evaluate our own life. Right. Because when Isaiah was confronted with the presence of God, he didn't say, Hey, let me go out and run and preach, man. I can't wait. I've got the call. Tag me in. I'm ready. Coach. He said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And basically what he said is, who am I that you're going to use me, right? And here's the thing. Whether these guys like Joshua Harris or believers or not, or at one time, I don't believe a person can fall away from a faith that they had to begin with. Perseverance of the saints, we believe Yeah, here's what I believe. You can't lose something on the back end that you didn't do anything to earn on the front end. So if you weren't good enough to earn salvation on the front end by good works, you can't do bad works on the back end to to disqualify you from salvation. Because here's the thing. Either works are a part of salvation, which all of us would say it, they're not, or works are uh, part of salvation, which we know the Bible clearly says they aren't. Okay, so you can't have it both ways. You can't have no works on the front and some works on the back. Okay, so all that to say, I don't think these guys uh, lost their salvation. However, I do think these guys 
could have fallen away. I think these guys could be in sin. And if they are Christians, the Bible is clear. If a person is a believer and they fall away, two things will happen to them as a Christian. Number one is God's going to discipline them. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, we know God disciplines those he loves. Or 1 John 5, which is something nobody talks about, the sin unto death. Hmm. We're not going to go there because that's we, we a whole that's lot to talk about. But here's what day. I would leave you with. Let's say these guys are Christians mm-hmm. and they're confused in their faith and now they're going out renouncing God, talking bad about the Lord, dragging the name of Christ through the mud. Here's the sobering reminder for anybody in ministry, whether you're a worship leader or a pastor or a teacher or a preacher or a man of God or a woman of God who's leading and, and teaching women. James 3.1 says this. Not many of you should become teachers of the law, because if you do, you'll be judged with a stricter standard. Who in the world, think about this, who in the world is going to willingly subject themselves to that level of scrutiny by a holy God? That is a uh, that is a sobering thought. Who willingly is going to say? So here's the challenge for us as we close. If you're in ministry, if you're a disciple maker, I think we're all in ministry for disciple makers. We should all be in a hurry to hear the word of God, and we should be hesitant to teach the word of God to others. Now, I'm not saying now. Probably you're saying, "Well, I'm teaching the the word of God in discipleship." Praise God! God empowers people to teach. What I'm saying is, you should do it with a holy reverence. And a holy respect for a holy God, realizing that God can use you. What a great joy that is. But be understanding and aware that this is a holy task mm-hmm. that God has called you to. That is a good word. And uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoy the podcast, do us a favor and share it with a friend. Go and review it on whatever site you get your podcasts at. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.